Good morning, good morning. Anybody else? Breakfast today is in celebration of Ezra Levy becoming a bar mitzvah, sponsored by Rachel and Shmuel Levy and family. Azaku uh, Baruch, thank you so much everyone for coming to this breakfast slash bar mitzvah celebration. Rabotai, I, uh, I want to share with you just one thing, and if that's okay. You know, in the Torah, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> in the Torah this week, we're going to be reading about Parashat Tetzaveh. And Ezra, God bless you, you read so beautifully upstairs. Ezra Daniel, it was magnificent. And, uh, and we're looking forward to hearing the whole thing on Shabbat, Bezat Hashem. But we have a confluence of two different things that we're going to be reading over Shabbat. One is Tetzaveh and one is Megillah. We're going to have in the next few days. And the reason why I want to share these two things together is because I believe that there are two thematic elements that tie these two things together, both the Megillah and Parashat Tetzaveh. Parashat Tetzaveh is all about the clothes that make the man. That were given lechavod They were given for glory, they were given for honor, and etc. And you're dressed up very sharp today, very beautiful with a nice suit. And the reason, Ezra, why you're dressed so beautifully today in a nice suit is because today's a special day. When something is special, we dress up for it. And the kihuna was something that was very special. And the people who were going to be the Kohanim, they wore very special clothes to remind themselves that this is something that is elevated and exalted. And my job is not the job of a lawyer or a doctor. It's not the job of a marine biologist or an astrophysicist. It's a job of bridging heaven and earth. The Kohen and the Kohen Gadol had beautiful jobs. But I want to share with you, it is not only the Kohen and not only the Kohen Gadol that are given opportunities to have beautiful jobs in God's beautiful earth. I want to share with you a different job. The job of Esther Amalka. Esther, God bless her, was someone, Rabotai, who when she enters into the palace, she's a no-name commodity. Not only that, Esther, what do we say in the Megillah? She's low maget, she can't say in Esther Magedet Moladeta. She doesn't say where she comes from. She doesn't say who her family is. She has to hide her identity. Until finally, um, Mordechai steps forward and says, tell her now. Tell him now. Tell him now that you're Jewish. Tell him now that you come from this family line of Shaul HaMelech. Now is the time to reveal who you are. But if you're quiet now, in this time when you should be telling everybody who you are and proud of who you are, if you're quiet now, the salvation, the saving of the Jewish people will come from another place. But you and your father's house, your great lineage, the person who you are, the person who you are destined to be, your Vedu will be destroyed. You will lose your chance. Every person is given their chance to wear the clothing of the king, to wear the clothing of a queen. The whole story of Purim revolves around clothing. And it's fascinating to notice we read about the kingly clothing of Achashverosh, the clothing that Haman wants to wear. 
We read about Vatilbash Esther Malchut, Esther dressing up in the holy and the royal clothing. We read about Mordechai being dressed in those clothes. And finally, even after Mordechai is dressed in those clothes, we read at the end about how Mordechai Yatza Milifnea Melech, Bilavush Malchut, and all the, and everything is revolving around the clothing. And the reason is because it is the unlikely heroes in the right time who step forward and do magnificent things. The Gemara tells us, Be careful from the children of the poor, because from them will arise great salvation and great things. I remember hearing, unbelievable, an idea about Edmund Safra. Edmund Safra used to teach the people in his bank, Alava Shalom, that there's no such thing as a small customer. I only heard it this week. Everybody, there was not a single person who was a small customer. If you had $5,000 in your bank account, you were a customer. If you had $10 million in your bank account, you were a customer. And Edmund used to say, you don't know how many people have come around in the fullness of time that the $5,000 became 100 million. And then they decided when every bank was chasing them, they decided to keep their money here because they remembered how they were treated when they had $5,000 here. Rabotai Esther is a no-namer. She's someone who's kidnapped from the Jewish community, written off probably by everybody. And what happens? In the end, everything comes down to her. Mordechai is the rabbi who gives out a psak halakha, who renders a halachic decision that is ignored by the entire Jewish people. He rules that they can't go to the party. And does anyone listen to him? No. But ultimately, it is Mordechai himself who is the one that orchestrates, both because of his deed with Bigtan uh, and, and, and Teresh, and Teresh, and as well because of what he does, <clears throat> of what he does with Esther, that the Jewish people's lives are forever saved. And their names are, are in our memory forever and ever, the Gemara says, even after the coming of the Mashiach. Rabotai, from a lowly bar mitzvah boy, who nobody thinks, who is he? What is he? What can he do? All the way to a, uh, a little baby girl whose name was only announced today in the Beta Knesset. To someone like Esther Malka, who we can't even know her last name, arises the most beautiful of things. Rabotai, never discount the underdog. Ta'ala bi'idne sagidle. The fox in his hour. Give him honor. Because you know what? The wheel of life, of fortune, is constantly turning. The Al-Sheikh writes that the king Achashverosh had a ring on his finger. He takes off his ring and he gives it over to Esther. The Al-Sheikh writes unbelievably. He says the Tabat is round. What the giving of the ring signified is that the, pre, the people who were on the top were about to be on the bottom. And the people who were on the bottom were about to be on the top. Rabotai. We need to just wait, therefore, for our hour, for our moment. The Pasuk tells us, Lakol Zeman Va'et. And then the Pasuk goes on and tells you, Et Lehov, Et Lisno, Et Milchama, Et Shalom, time to plant, the time to reap, etc., 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 etc. But you know what I love pointing out? 
The pasuk does not start and say, et lehov, et lesno, et milchama, et shalom. It starts off by saying, lakol zeman va'et. What that means is that it's not just for the things that are mentioned, that there is a time and a season and a place and a path to glory, but rather, lakol, for each and every man, woman, and child, for each and every community, for each and every background, there's a time that they will stand in the sun and it will be their time, Rabotai, to shine. Lakol zeman va'et. What do we need to be careful of? We need to be careful of one thing. What we need to be careful of is what Mordechai says to Esther. He says, And if you will be quiet, what are the next words? Ba'et hazot in this time. Because lakolzeman ba'et. Everybody has their time. And this is yours. But if you're quiet now, it won't help to make noise later. It won't help to try and shine in a time which isn't yours. When we have an opportunity to do something big, when we can see that something is on the table, we need to seize those moments with both hands to forget and to cast risk and doubt and confusion and fear to the wind and step boldly into our future. May God bless us to recognize our time, to seize it and to grow into the amazing people that each and every one of us can be. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.